0: So there's a cylinder, and the cylinder's got cream in. And two little frogs hop along, and they both jump into the cylinder. And uh, they both go down to the bottom. And as they're going down, the one frog says, I'm going to die. And he dies. And then the other frog says, I'm not going to die. And he starts swimming frantically, swimming, swimming, swimming. And the cream turns to butter, and he jumps out, and he's alive. The moral of our story today is nobody ought to give up on God. And you've been together for seven years. Some new folks, but many from the beginning. And one of the things when we remember days and we remember dates is to remember and be thankful for where God has brought you from. Because many of us want to get somewhere, and we forget to look back sometimes, not negatively or longing for something, but we look back to say to God, thank you for keeping us through these seven years. We have come a little distance. We want to get there, but we are thankful for this distance. You know what happens when you have a thankful heart? You open heaven's favor to God blessing you. Because you remember what he can do. You remember what he's doing for you now. And you remember that he can do for you things in the future. And that causes us to run to Jesus, not run to politics. By the way, what is your currency in the country at the moment? It's quite confusing for a South African to come here. I'm I'm, I'm joking. (laughs) But seriously, if we're thankful... God, you did bring us through. We're still living, we're still eating, we're still surviving, we're still breathing. I want to read to you just a a quick scripture. Let me find it. And it's just a scripture of Paul's life and what, what it looked like. Okay, sorry, my age. If you're 40 and above, Quentin, just put the glasses on. Get that machine that cuts your nose hairs. Because, uh, you know, in your age, you're going to start getting nose ears And when you pull it, the eyes blow. So just get the machine and cut your nose hair. But... All right, Quentin. So how's this for a person's life? I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. Uh, no, I'm not telling you, because you've got to listen, bro. No, it's not even on the screen. You've just got to listen, Wes. Can you listen, bud? Okay, just help. Bessie can listen. Just let you know he does listen. It's 2 Corinthians, baby. uh, Chapter 11 and verse 23. I am more. I've worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 slashes minus one. Do you know if you get slashed with it, what they call a flag ram, it, had, it had animal teeth and a big metal ball on it, and they used to whip people. And if they whip you 40 times, you're dead. So they stopped just 39 times, and he was whipped like that four times. What's it? Five times. I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits. Sounds like my country in South Africa. In danger from our fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. How many of us can say we have lived a life like that? You know, that's, that's that's a man who believed God helped him in the beginning when he fell off a horse, and he he had a Damascus experience, and he walked with God. And through all of these circumstances, I am sure he wanted to give up, but he never gave up. And at the end of his time on earth, he says, I have finished the race. And I want to ask us as a church, let's finish the race. Let's not give up half time. I don't know how many of you have been flogged nearly to death. How many of you have been shipwrecked? <laughs> How many of you have actually had nothing to eat? Maybe not your favorite food, but nothing to eat. So I want to say, have a little heart sometimes and say, God, thank you for bringing us from year to year. And we're still here at King City Church listening to an old man from South Africa who's in his 62nd year and 61 years old. Now you work that one out. There's been an argument around if you are 61 years old, and you in the next year, like one second, are you in your 62nd year or not? Or are you 61, or are you in your 62nd year? I'll leave that with you. It's got nothing to do with my preach. So I want to help us this morning um, with a few things, and, and please help me because it's so hot. If I say something good, you need to say, Boom, boom, bang, bang. Okay, you're going to work with me, all right? Because if you do, the person next to you falling asleep is going to wake up. Cool. Can we work with that? Can we work with that? Okay. So we see a direct and practical application from the life of Jesus, from the saints in the book of Acts, and the apostles on how to move on. So far the title today is How to Move On from Seven Years. Jesus' last words while he was, was on earth in Matthew 28 and Luke 24, he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. In Luke 24, the context is, from where you are, you need to go out. So I want to say church does not exist for church. King City Church exists so the gospel can be spread in Bulawayo and to the uttermost of, of Zimbabwe, to Africa, and to oh, across the seas. That is the heart. Oh, thank you. There's somebody convinced about that. Psalm 2 verse 8 says this, Ask of me, and, and I will make the nations your inheritance, and the ends of the earth your possessions. I often get asked this question, is how come you go to Australia, you go to the East, we go to Canada, and wherever God opens the door, we go. And where God provides for us to go, we go. And many people said, aren't there Christians in those countries? But you see, the friends, the the, the key thing is, God wants to establish a kingdom of God culture amongst cultures. That's what he wants to do. And he'll take a South African who's in his 62nd year, a pensioner who's mocking the system in South Africa to get things at 10% discount because I'm a pensioner. He takes somebody like me to go to Canada, Canada to, to Australia, to the east, and wherever God opens the door to speak about the kingdom culture so that our cultures can become Kingdom. And that's why God, and He's done it right from Genesis, right from the beginning. And if you think of it, He takes this Afrikaner from Bulawaya and sends them, where do you go, Czech Republic or somewhere? Now, now how's the wisdom? I mean, I wouldn't send this, <laughs> would you? Uh, would you? But you do. <laughs> and I want to say thank you. Thank you for, for releasing. And, and more of you need to go with more of you need to accompany and, and go, because I want to tell you, there's nations. You know Canada itself? Less than 3%, just a Canadian. I arranged you to come here to marry this monkey. <laughs> Any girls want Canadians? I can arrange her men to come. No, it's all right. But uh, what was I going to say? I'll stick to my notes. Okay. God wants to establish a kingdom culture everywhere. He wants to establish a kingdom culture in Victoria Falls. So guess what? He's taking somebody amongst you to go there, to establish a kingdom come to But they're not going leaving. They're establishing coming back because God wants to extend the kingdom there in Victoria Falls as well. And he wants to do it in Mutari. And he wants to do it in Kariba. I'll go there because then I can go on the boat regularly. And then he wants to do it in Zambia. Then he wants to do it up in Sudan. Then he wants to do it across the whole nations of the earth. All he says is make yourself available. And it starts with prayer. So to have a heart for the nations and to move on. And to know that God wants to use every single believer. It's not about the elders. Elders have a role. But under God, every single person is equal. And because I'm apostolic, and because Maureen is prophetic, and we get invited for those things across the world, it does not make us better than Paul, who does some work in the UK through the... What, internet or what, how do you do it? Snapchat, what do you call all of those things that you young people do nowadays? I don't even know of those things. But anyhow, WhatsApp, eh? No, it's email. Well, whatever. He, he works. But under God, what he does and what I'm doing now is equal. No difference. Why do we always elevate people like me? And God doesn't. Let's get back to the Bible, and let's get back to who God elevates. Every single believer who's doing the will of God, God elevates. Somebody else? Then Vessi? Okay, so what do we do? We do what God tells us to do, and we will be who God wants us to be. The wonderful scripture in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 and verse 5 and 6, so Vessi can follow it maybe on the screen. It says, therefore, therefore holy brothers. Oh, so Vessi can't because it talks about holy brothers. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. Is that talking about all of us? Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him. Now, Moses was faithful in all of God's house as a servant. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. That's massive. And we are his house. So guess who's here this morning? Jesus. And he said Jesus walks among us as a son, as a brother, as we acknowledge God. In the Old Covenant... They used to have the breastplate that came over the chest of a priest. And, and the breastplate had the 12 tribes. Boop, boop. Is there something going funny? Are we good. The breastplate had the names of the 12 tribes, which represents the nations of the earth. But the breastplate is over the heart. And many times we want to go, 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 which I've said is the call of God. But if we don't go with the love of God, don't go. <laughs> We've got to go from the place of the love of God to the nations of the earth. If I come here just to do a job and not love, I'm actually not good at what I'm doing. You see, the essence, the, the, the strength of the Bible is love. And from a place of love, we go to the nations. So we don't do things for God to get His approval. We do things for God because we love Him and we love people. And so in, in that vein, I want to talk today about some of the things that I think God wants to help King City Church to reestablish, because a lot of them are here, but He wants to, to, to at, at this point, we recognize, and it's the seventh birthday, bless you, Samin. Thank you, just like, awesome. Um, (laughs) she sneezed. (laughs) It's all right to joke a little bit. Are are you, some offended. Is anybody offended? I'm trying to keep us awake as well. Boom, boom, bang, bang. So the first thing uh, for us as saints, that we got to revisit and stabilize in this journey of us being a serving people in this community that's going to touch the nations of the earth, let me tell you, every place we go to, whether in the East, whether Australia, whether in Europe, or whether in Canada, we always come across Zimbabwe people, everywhere. <laughs> and it's amazing what this country has done to touch the world. And let it not stop. The first thing we've got we to revisit, which I'm so glad you are, um, even in two weeks' time on a Tuesday, is doctrine. You see, the apostles and every believer in the time of of the Bible took the message of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and they took the New Testament principles and they worked them together and they lived their life. The Old Testament tells us about the coming of a Messiah. And, And it tells us about the perfect covenants between God and man. And Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says one of the covenants God made with mankind is he will give them ways to create wealth. And even in this time that you live in, 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 in Zimbabwe, go to God who will give you ways in the midst of a difficult situation. And I want to say I've been in the country now three weeks. And I go home again and I go to the rest of them in a week's time I'm in Canada. But I want to tell you, one of the things I can go with is Zimbabwe people make a plan. (laughs) Sometimes you don't want to tell me what the plan is, but just make a plan. (laughs) Um, And and look to God. Look to the Bible, because He will give you ways to create wealth. In the New Testament, we see Jesus, who came as God in the flesh. The Bible says He is the way. The truth and the life. The way meaning he is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The life of God talks about Jesus among us. The truth of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit in us. We are not alone. You guys are slow this morning. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. One of the greatest covenants is not the old covenant anymore. It's a new covenant of grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's a covenant of the indwelling Holy Spirit for the remission of sins. I know... I asked Sharon to put up the, King, uh, the NRV, but I'm reading from the King James Version. Sorry, Sharon. Then Peter said, unto them. You know why I say unto? Because I'm holy man of God, yeah. So I can speak King James English, right? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible is our tool for discipleship. Because the Bible is consistent, it is true, it is powerful, it transforms, it turns us around and makes us become more and more like Jesus. The result of knowing our Father's heart in Scripture, the result of knowing that, friends, I want to tell you when the church stands up, and the church has to stand up when there is persecution and when it's difficult, Because the the, the believers were first called Christians in Acts chapter 11, verse 22. They were called Christians because they stood up and they declared the word of God to everyone. They didn't leave it to the professionals. Every Christian represented Jesus well. Thousands, hundreds, millions will be added to the kingdom of God. And they will be discipled in the grace of God. How many of you are in with this? How many of us are in with this? It's not always what you say, it's who you are and what you do, what you show. So do and tell. The second thing to really be thankful for the seven years, but right now to make a conscious decision is on your identity. Your identity. And we did, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So i don't know about brendan hey bro you're like a priest but hey, your chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people That might be louis at the back there peculiar love you louis you're right there but you're supposed to say boom boom bang bang when i get a compliment eh? <laughs> that you should show forth the praises of him Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Although the apostles and the early Christians, they lived in this world, and they were persecuted in this world. And I've had the privilege of going to Israel a few times. And you go to Tiberius the Caesar, you go to some of those places, and they still have those places where Christians were bought. And for the fun of the Romans, and for the fun of the people of the day, they killed Christians and let lions come in and take the Christians apart. And and in the midst of this, these Christians, these apostles, these early people, they never identified themselves with their problem. They identified themselves or who they are in Christ Jesus. They identified with the person and the culture of Jesus Christ, holy and set apart for His glory, even if it meant losing their life. Identity. As we sit here today, has to be this Christ in me, the hope of glory. And me in Christ, the strength to carry on day after day after day. And because of that, we can work at our function in what God's called us to. Because Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship... Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared and advanced for us in Christ Jesus. So do somebody next to you, boom, boom, bang, bang, but you are called to something specific. Now just get on with it. Don't have a, a, a failure mentality and a oh, yucky thing. Just get on with what God's called you to do. If it's business, get on with it and do it with all of your heart. If it's to preach, get on with it with all of your heart. If it's to love your baby, you know, my surname's Larue, and it's French. My burpee. I love you, my puppy. Do it with all of your heart. Love the girl. <laughs> yeah, oh, you just got married, so you can talk. Look, when you're married 37 years, in my 38th year of marriage, sometimes we've got to work at things. <laughs> How many of you know you've got to work at your marriage? You're not laughing at me. You're laughing at yourself now. Eh? Come on. <laughs> the next thing is commitment. You know, it's been like this. We over here. What do we do with commitment? You see, these early people, in the book of Acts, they determined this fact. Everything belongs to God. <laughs> everything belongs to God. And they went where the Lord told them to do. go. Even if it meant going to your enemies and giving your life, they, they, they just did what the Lord said because they knew everything belonged to God. And they knew their lives belonged to God. So even if they lost if they weren't dead, they were going to be with God in heaven. So they gave everything. They were committed to Jesus and his kingdom. They gave sacrificially out of a good heart. Do you know, if you're a good saint, in this particular area of commitment and giving... It's you always got to look at how much you keep for your own satisfaction. And how much you give away so the kingdom can be advanced. I know talking about money is always a difficult thing. But friends, the king has to advance. And if you are good at business, Romans chapter 12 tells me this. Work at it with all of your heart so the kingdom message can be expanded. Have a kingdom heart. For the gospel. Have a kingdom heart for your families. Because you know that's why we work. I had a businessman thing yesterday morning. That's why we work. We work so that our families can live well, so they educate our children, so we can leave an inheritance, but also so that the kingdom of God can be expanded. Let's be generous with those things. Amen. Majority of saints in a congregation should be involved in serving the purposes of God in their generation. And you need to determine what that is. It's not all about church. This church should find the gifting. So I want to ask every businessman and business lady where you are right now to stand. If you've got a business or you're in a business or you're a business person, please stand. Just where you are. I'm not going to call you out. Vesey, you're also in business. You're just in a different business to them. And you too, Yanko. You see, we've put business as separate from the church. Biblically, every business is spiritual. Because what Vesey and Yanko do isn't more spiritual than what you're doing. And so I want to acknowledge you business people over here that in difficult times where it weighs down on you you're still standing and I want to pray for you can I do that and I want to acknowledge can the rest of us give these business people and those that haven't stood up that's fine but let's give them a hand for going on and not giving up thank you thank you thank you father if we really believe that you are our resource And our strength and our power comes from you. I want to ask you this morning, won't you release heaven's goodness on every single business person that's here today? Those that have stood, those that have sat down. Won't you break through man's ways, which are good and bad and ugly. Won't you break through them, those barriers, and release heaven's resources, heaven's giftings, Heaven's wisdom and that covenant in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, give them ways to create wealth, even when wealth is not necessary in front of them. I commit them to you and your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, guys. You see, the next one just want to, another, can we go another seven minutes? Will everybody be all right? What time do you finish normally? 12 o'clock? I can I'm not that good. Eh? I'm good, but not that good. <laughs> okay, devotion. And another thing that we need to, you know, sometimes when we get to like a seventh, which is like, I don't get into all the numbers thing in the Bible, but, Seven does represent the goodness of God, and it, it it it's a reflection of Jesus. So, so devotion is very important. And uh, Acts chapter two, verse forty-two. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and breaking of bread, and in prayers. You see, despite persecution at this time where thousands upon thousands of Christians had no food, they were being killed for sport, these people still in this time never neglected meeting together to pray and to study God's Word. They saw that attending corporate meetings, whether in home to home or whether in the church, not one or the other, both very important, as a massive kingdom value, because their lives was committed to God, not for only themselves. want to know if you genuinely, from your forward, whether you're a good saint. And I don't want to put law on anybody, but have a look at gathering with God's people. Have a look if that's important to you. Because it's at those moments that the gifting of God comes through and the grace of God comes through. You cannot love the works of ministry, your own comfort, or whatever it is in this life above serving the purposes of God that he's got for you as an individual. You see, their worship was extravagant. It was participative and it was in obedience. Their giving was unto the Lord and unto the purposes of the kingdom. The Bible was their foundation and final authority on every matter. All they fought for was fought out of a place of prayer and conquered in the resurrection power of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. When they declared the word of God, the Holy Spirit came and boom, boom, bang, bang, whatever the word said happened. Another thing to consider is mission. You see, their mission was to the whole world. Their mission was the world. They were not satisfied with their own home, with their own town, with their own city, with their own local church, because from their Jerusalem, they spread the gospel wherever God took them. Showing and telling of the greatness of God. They were fired up with vision, with passion to see that the whole world was evangelized, discipled, engaged, established, cared for, empowered, and loved by the grace of God. Are we doing that to our neighbors and to the nations? You see, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. They lived for the king and his kingdom. And wherever they went, they preached the gospel and the message of love everywhere God opened the door. Can I tell you, it is still the church's mission to be God's hands and feet in this earth. The next one, and I've got two more, is we've got to have a heart for the lost. But please, friends, you know what? A so many times, you know, I had a businessman in Johannesburg, a very, very wealthy man. Um, I did a Christian wedding at his home. And, um, and he's an atheist and an unbeliever. But his home's beautiful, so we do weddings there. So before the wedding, he said, hey, Kenny, you you and Maureen, you make me like, you know, something's not right. He says, I believe you travel all over the world and you go preach the gospel. So he said, who pays for that? Because our church only gives us a living allowance. So all of our travel comes by God. So I said, God does. You know, to an atheist and an unbeliever, that sounds very freakish. Even to some believers, that sounds freakish. And um, and then after the wedding, and me and Maureen had no money, and we had to actually go to Canada on that trip. Not a single rand to pay for our ticket, and we had three days to pay. So he calls us up to the room, and he says to us, you know, I think your God needs my help. Can you give me your bank account, because I want to pay for you to go to Canada? I'm saying that story because when we got back, he said this to me, I want to talk to you. And when he spoke to me, he said, I suppose you, like every other Christian, is going to judge me and tell me I'm full of sin and how bad I am. So I says, no, no, that's not how I understand my God. But what I will you tell you is my God loves you the way you are. And as you come to him, and as you walk with him, he'll sort your sin out. You see, we've got to help we got to, when we work with the lost, we got to love them like God loved them where he put his son on the cross. we got to be God conscious. we got to be love conscious and not sin conscious. Because we are saints who sin. How many of you don't sin? Is there anyone who doesn't sin? Because then you must come lay hands on me. Because I, I mess up. You know, I'm just one of those free, luck-natured people, and I can mess up. But let's help. Boom, boom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I must remember I'm a 62nd year. I can't kick someone like that anymore. <laughs> Let's help the lost by telling them there's a Father who loves them so much that Jesus had to die on the cross because of that love. And when they confess Jesus with their mouths, Jesus will sort their sin out and it will take a lifetime to sort their sin out. Like he's still trying to do with most of us. Maybe not Cassandra from Canada. Hey, Cassandra? What are you now, Zimbabwean or Can- Canadian? Oh, Jesus, daughter, you're so spiritual, girl. You, I love you. See, they worked with the Lord as the Holy Spirit led them to work by teaching and sharing the Word of God through their lifestyles. And sometimes they use words. They were not the lead few. Everybody was a part. When the stars are out, there is no sun. But when the sun shines, there are no stars. And God is saying every believer needs to rise up because there's too many superstars in the body of Christ. And he wants every believer to come and to minister and be a minister for the king in the kingdom. And then last point. What I really want us to consider on your seventh birthday is let's be saints that demonstrate the power and the love of God. How many of you are in? Say, so, I'm in God. You see, sounds, miracles, and wonders confirm the preaching and the sharing of the Word of God every time. These Christians, not the apostles only, Every Christian shared the Bible with authority and they demonstrated the Holy Spirit by releasing the gifts of the Spirit and living in the fruit of the Spirit. Why has the church gone silent on the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the power of God? Their lives were passionate. And they loved God, and they loved people. And they allowed the Holy Spirit to live in them, to work through them, exhibiting fruit in them, and releasing the power of God through them. And it was every single believer, not the heroes, not the superheroes. Together, the first century believers were united Because they were united under one name only, the name of Jesus. And every believer would offer their God-given gifts, their finances, their talents, who they were, so the kingdom can be extended either through business, through the church, through family, whatever it took. It even took some weird people to break open the roof and drop their friend at the feet of Jesus. How many of us know of people going through trouble in this country, trouble in the world, trouble in other countries, and we're not opening the windows of heaven and dropping them at Jesus' feet? We ought to be doing that, friends, because the power of God needs to be released. And the thing is, we wait for the superheroes. We wait for the apostles. We wait for the pastors. Where God says, you are the one that needs to be praying for people. You're the one that needs to be releasing the power of God. How many of us are in with that, to say, yes, God, even if I've never done it before, I'm going to do it? They did it in public meetings. They did it in small gatherings. They did it wherever they found. They did it in their businesses. You know that 80% of Jesus' miracles took place in the business field. Only two miracles took place in a church service. And we ask, why is there no miracle Because God's people aren't rising up and being used in their businesses and wherever they are. Children in schools, universities. The church of that day consisted of people belonging to different races, nations, people groups, and backgrounds. They came together for one reason only, the name and person of Jesus Christ. To make much about their king and to extend the kingdom of God to the uttermost parts of the earth. Despite very, very difficult circumstances. When many of them gave their lives for this king, they knew they were not alone. And I want to say to Zimbabwe today... You are not alone. You are not alone. God is with you. You might not see Him. You might think your prayers aren't going higher than the ceiling. But I want to tell you, God is with you. You need to find God who is with you and wants to accompany you. To not give up. To be the frog that... (laughs) So that you can walk free amen i hope that all help and to help my insecurity why don't we have a boom boom bang bang because i did my best <laughs> the mission and the purpose of the church has not changed let's make a difference if you in this morning can i ask you to stand because i pray for all of us to say yes god I, i'm going to do my best Thank you for keeping me for seven years in this church. And if you've been in another church, it's cool. Because it's only one church really that exists under heaven. God just has many congregations to meet a need in a community. Because different, one church can't meet all the needs. So God has many, many congregations to meet a wider wide variety of needs in a, in, a, in a city. But God's wish is that all churches would actually get along with each other. But that's only going to be a work of the Holy Spirit because us men, we sometimes just look whatever we are. Let's raise our hands. I just want to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you in John 1, the scripture says, and the word was God. And we know that was talking about Jesus. Jesus, you are God. And you are the Word. And this morning at the preaching of your Word, I want to ask that miracles would come upon every single believer today. And that every one of us who are believers would walk out of this place as Christians, little Christs, little people or little Christ that we will represent, that chief shepherd and represent the chief shepherd wherever we go. Whether we're at school, in our homes, in our business, in the church, let it be about Jesus. I thank you for some of the points you just dropped in my heart that you wanted this church to be remembered where they come from just to be reminded of some of the basics of our foundation. But I wanna pray that not one of these beautiful, beautiful people will be put to shame, God. That there would be food on the table, a bed to rest their heads, and love that keeps them together. I pray for the elders, for Clive, Yunko, and Vessi and all the other leaders that they would fulfill their roles well. But then I pray for the A-team which is your saints. Every believer counting for Jesus. I commit this church, this congregation that makes up the church of Bulawayo. I commit them to the word of your grace, to your Holy Spirit, to the love of Jesus and the awesomeness of a Father who loves us. I commit them to you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, boom!